0: Hello and welcome to episode 72 of the Asian Cinema Film Club. I'm your host Zoe Edward Jones and joining me of course is my co-host, the professor, Mr. Stephen Palmer. Howdy. On tonight's episode we are going to be looking at Sister Street Fighter, the spin-off series to Sonny Chiba's legendary trilogy of Street Fighter movies. Um, here he brings in his prodigy into the fold and sets up her up on her own trilogy of films. Um, but before we obviously get into that, it's time to ask what you've been watching. And Stephen, what have you been watching? Because obviously, as we record this, we are in the midst of Mike month. So if you want to hear recaps, have been going up at the each week. Um, we're just going to be running down all the Takashi Mike movies I've been watching as we aim for the 30 Mikkei movies in 30 days. But uh, Stephen, what have you been distracting yourself with?
1: Well, we're not going to have a separate podcast just for iWatch, but I've got three films I'd like to bring to your attention since last time we spoke, in like a couple of weeks ago, um, which isn't everything, there's three films. Um, so one of them, I want you to tell me what film this is. The film opens with a young man attempting to get the police interested in what's happened to his brother. who's been Oh, I three, know
0: exactly what you've next. been...
1: He he goes, he goes, he he, he stumbles upon a dance, an endurance dance marathon where two people who fall out of that at that moment take him up the coast to have a look at a yacht that they apparently have access to but aren't going to sail where they're, 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 they're interrupted by a man with a gun. Who says what are you doing here? You tell people you could just sleep here the night, um, and they go off on the. And then, and then the boy who's after his brother just sails off with the other three on the boat. The, the ultimate dance marathon. The fact the guy actually turns out to be a criminal who, um, who's on the lamb, and it wasn't his boat at all, has nothing to do with the rest of the movie. That's just the setup to get our people on an island, um, after which they are attacked by a giant lobster. And, well, you know the movie, right? You knew the movie. Yeah, uh, of course. Oh, <laughs> yeah, awesome. this
0: is the very first Godzilla movie I ever saw. This is Eber Horror of the Deep, or as it was known here in the UK, or the more crappy title in the States of Godzilla vs. the Sea Monster.
1: Yeah. So obviously, I've been, um, I, I decided to have another random dip into my Godzilla box set. Well, no, it's not really a box set, is it? My Godzilla giant A3 size book that can't go on any shelf. Um, and there's a little bit of cardboard that's bugging me, and I don't really know what to do about the whole thing um, <laughs> set. Um, anyway, yes, so I, I chose this one because Godzilla's not even in the title, which is interesting because he wasn't even meant to be in the film. Nope. Um, this is... <laughs> he, was, he was subbed in at the last minute when they couldn't get the rights to King Kong for a third movie.
0: Um, yeah, it was uh, originally called uh, Operation Robinson Crusoe, um, and... The script is, is kept exactly the same. They've made no allowances for like Godzilla taking over from Kong, so oh a lot of Kong Godzilla's behaviour in this is basically what Kong would do, so he throws boulders and he just engages in like some very unique behaviour. But
1: um Oh yeah, there's there's a young lady that he gets all sympathetic towards and <laughs> it is very Kong like. And and but what I didn't know was when I put this on that, that Mothra's in it. <laughs> I mean, Jesus. Oh yeah, she she's
0: uh <laughs> she spends the whole film in a in a coma while her trans <laughs> people basically dance around worshipping her.
1: Having their own dance marathon, I suppose that's the link. But um yeah. So this is this is sort of in the midst of things getting a bit silly. Um, mode. <laughs> no, we, I think the film before is the one where he does the little Irish jig, isn't it? Um, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah.
0: Eventually, the Astro Monsters is like the start of them trying to hum- humanize Godzilla. Um, they do little things, as you said. So he does like the jig in space. You see, like Godzilla and Son, he has more some Oriental eyes, uh, but here we see with like very one of like the classic Godzilla suits, uh, which is just just. Just really great, and I mean, we have not one but two female monsters here because obviously we have Mothra, and we have um, a who is also female, and then the giant crab who apparently can't see the color yellow. Um, I don't know how that uh, works. But... Is that what
1: that's about? That weird stuff. But yeah, that, the whole the whole thing's a bit weird because I haven't even talked about. There's a load of stuff around this, like on this island. They there is a paramilitary terrorist organisation who have taken over the island and who have got um, Ebira, who is a giant lobster although Ebby is is Japanese for shrimp, but some a giant crustacean doesn't yeah. really matter who can be controlled by this yellow liquid um, but they've gone over to Infant Island where, is that What the name of the island where Mothra and her mates live? I think it is um, kidnapped a whole bunch of people from there to to dig up both uranium for these nuclear bombs and this mysterious yellow liquid, which I don't think is named, or if it is, it's not named in the subtitles. So it's like this big crashing crossover. I mean, uh, everyone know, you know, the, 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 these guys who've come, this gang that have come together. They're joined later on by a by a a tribes person from the island who speaks perfect Japanese. By the way, and they, and they even point it out oh, you speak Japanese. It's quite a nice yeah, little Yeah, Yeah,
0: the tribe of brown faced Asian actors that they've hired.
1: Yeah, it's quite nicely done because they're acting like she wouldn't understand what they were saying and they start speaking like English people would slowly and loudly. And she goes, No, I can understand you. <laughs> Which is actually one of the best moments in the movie. Actually, to be fair, I really enjoyed this. I'm being a bit mean about the setup. Because it's just so fucking random. <laughs> but actually, there's there's quite a lot of Godzilla in it when he turns up. Um, it's not too silly. I'm not a big fan of Ibira, I'm um, going to be honest with you. It didn't, didn't, didn't steal my heart like um, King Caesar did in the last <laughs> one I watched. Both um, of them
0: would turn up in Godzilla Final Wars.
1: Yes, that's very true.
0: Um, but yeah, they they don't turn up anywhere else. That's for sure. <laughs> um, um,
1: it's yeah, no, it's it's it's, it's really quite enjoyable, um, it, and it hasn't it hasn't got um, baby Godzilla in it, which is always a bonus. But um, yeah, it's, no, it's it's, it's 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 when I picked it up, I thought, oh, this is going to be one of the crap ones, you know. But no, it's not at all. I really enjoyed
0: it. I'm glad that you enjoyed it. There's some really fun monster sort of smackdown stuff here as we see Godzilla and uh, Ibarra basically knocking a rock back and forth. Um, he fights underwater, he tears like claws off and does a really impressive suplex, which is also pretty fun to see as well um, before doing one of the most weakest jumps off a cliff you'll ever see. Just in time for oh the Oh my god, nuclear. that is
1: terrible. Yeah, that looks like a man in a suit jump that doesn't quite know where he's gonna land. Yeah. <laughs> but it's okay. I think by then the thing with Godzilla films is you can you can sit there and you can pick them apart. Like other than the first one. Once they go into colour. It's very easy to pick them apart, yeah, for reuse, special effects or crappy things, or well, just even like the car was doing at the beginning, some of the randomness that they do to to get a film to a place it wants to be and then there's all that repeated stuff about aliens I don't know any others where it's a terrorist organisation usually it would be aliens from planet X wouldn't it but you you just get used to the the tropes of the films you know and you just run with it and it doesn't really matter it really doesn't matter um, I quite, I guess this was another one on a South Sea island which I guess is one way of cutting down the costs isn't it where you've only got to You've only got to do beaches and trees you don't have to do entire city models for godzilla to stomp all over so
0: yeah there's a there's couple that. of island adventures that uh you've got this um and you obviously got uh, son of godzilla as well which is a very similar setup as well yeah mechagodzilla
1: um, as well was mostly on an island or out out in they're the, out in the, the, in the fields the moon, aren't they yeah
0: um so yeah i think it's it it's the it's the first one that introduced me to Godzilla movies, and it was like the beginning of the obsession. Is is this film? Um, I t- watched the dub when I when it was shown originally, and I've still got the dub on the VHS, um, the first sort of VHS that came out for it. But I'm right in saying there's no dub on the Criterion collection, which is a shame.
1: I don't know. I didn't. There isn't much extras for the three films on this disc, there isn't much in fact there aren't many extras on any of them there's just a disc of extras um, which I haven't really delved into so no, I don't think they are are dubbed which I need to I I will double check that for next episode So, but
0: um, no, obviously Toho would do do a couple of uh, King Kong movies, they did um, Godzilla vs. King Kong and they did um...
1: Uh, King Kong returns,
0: yeah, King Kong returns, which saw him go up against Mechikong, Kong, which we covered way back on episode two,
1: yeah, second episode ever, oh, um, no, I've seen both of them they're quite they're quite fun,
0: yeah, uh, uh where Kong can be controlled by the power of disco <laughs> no, they're, they're,
1: they're okay, they're okay,
0: okay so after the after a good start really, Stephen,
1: okay, right, well, the second one, I don't know if you'll know about um so. I, I, it was a rewatch for me, um, only because it's, they've made three films in this series. One, well, I'm going to say fairly recently it was in 2014, but these are films from like 2002, 2003. Um, and I went back to watch the first one, so it's The Golden Chicken. It's a Hong Kong comedy um, starring Sandra mm. Um, Now... It's you know it's 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 a Hong Kong comedy in the full-on sort of Stephen Chow molite sort of random thing, but there is something going on. asandra is a really interesting sort of Hong Kong comedienne um, because a lot of her routine is around the fact that she's quite plain-looking. Although you know your mileage might vary, but that's her that's her thing that that her that's her mojo and she basically plays in these three films and certainly in this first one a prostitute and it's called golden chicken because chicken is cantonese slang for a prostitute a bit like we might say a brass or something like that in in england so there's um there's some there's some you can already tell there's some Cantonese stuff going on jokes about chickens and stuff like that which go right over my head um film opens um so you meet her her name's well her name in the subtitles is Cum which I think is not actually what it's meant to be although it's a funny joke for a prostitute I think it's Cam but it, it, it's hard to tell anyway let's let's call her Cam because I, I don't want too much sniggering going on there in the in the other studio Elwood. would um so, Cam goes to a ATM, and it's one of these ATMs, I don't even know if they exist anymore, but you know where they used to have to put your card to go inside, and it's, and then there's the machines are inside? I remember seeing yeah. them in various places, but not terribly common these days. Um, and while she's there, we find out she's got barely any money in her bank account, and then she's held up by a stranger, played by um, Eric Zhang, who... You know, the, the little chubby fella who's in just about every Hong Kong film or between sort of nineteen ninety eight and up to Me Too, really. Um, so we'll say no more about that. Um, he's, he's he's he holds her up. She's got no money, and then suddenly the power goes out, and they're both trapped in this ATM cubicle until the power's going to go back on. Um, she's after an initial sort of go, oh my god oh my god what's gonna happen she starts telling him a couple little stories about men that she's um had assignations paid assignations with including um her time as a massage girl and she massaged andy Lau, and andy Lau actually plays himself in this movie um so that you know she, she all he wanted was a massage but the fact that it's actually him is quite funny and and then he goes, yeah, those stories are fine, but you know, how did you, how did you even become a prostitute? And she ends up regaling him with the story of her life. So it's a comedy biopic of a, of a prostitute, and actually, at the same time, she is telling the story of modern Hong Kong and all the ups and downs it's had in terms of you know, the handover to China, the the two stock market crashes that happened. So her her life goes hand in hand with the situation in Hong Kong. And there's actually quite a lot of academic work. I know you're going to call me the professor, but actually there's quite a lot of academic work about how, how things have changed in the sex industry in Hong Kong over this period of time. So there's a bit of you which might think, how can you have a comedy about a prostitute... Um, And there is some stuff in here which I don't think we would necessarily put down as funny. Like, basically, she gets pregnant and cons one of her Johns into adopting the child and moving to America. And there's a really tragic bit at the end where you find something out about that. But at the end of the day, we we kind of accept certain things in Hong Kong comedy because it's just a different sensibility, a different world to us, certainly back in the early 2000s. their idea of what was funny and mine sometimes might be a little bit different but it's hilarious um i was looking back at the love hk film review of this which is used to be one of my favorite websites but they've kind of stopped updating it sadly but they basically said that sandra Ng at the time is pretty much the only hong kong actress who could carry a film like this on her own and and they're absolutely right she, she is she's got a certain you know a, a lot of hong kong actresses at this time would have been sort of flower vases really beautiful to look at but not much going on inside um the 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 sort of the greats their time had passed um and and Sandra is you know she's she's she her, her career covers many many years before this as well but she's fantastic and it's really funny there's um there's another Characters played by old Tony Long. So Tony Long Cafe, who plays an economics um, professor, as if he was Peter Sellers. I'm going to say no more than that, but that's, that, that's who he's channeling, is he's channeling Peter Sellers in that. So it's... it's, it's uh, um Easton Chan turns up. Chapman Toe turns up. Um, director of... Um, oh, crikey. Ralph Chung, what did he direct? Um her Fatal Ways films. He's in it. So it's it's got a really good cast. It is really funny. I watched it. I have seen this one before. Really enjoyed it last time. But I wanted then to go on and watch Golden Chicken 2 and Golden Chickens Chickens 3. Which I've got them all. And I'll, I'll be bringing them hopefully to the show. It's really, really recommended if you can handle that kind of Hong Kong comedy. You know, it's not Stephen Chow. But it's also not utterly impenetrable as well. So... I'd um I'd recommend that if anyone ever got a chance. Um and finally I'm pretty certain you haven't seen it, mate. <laughs> Am I wrong? Have you seen it? Oh no, 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 the last one. You haven't seen Golden Chicken, right? No, 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 no. Okay, you won't listen this one, but I'm really gonna hope you do. So I've um this is one I've reviewed for Eastern Kick, so by the time this episode goes out, that'll be up on there. um on their site another one of these things somebody at arrow films or arrow i don't know what the, i don't know what the name of their company is i'm going to call it arrow films has found the key to um die studios die a films oh, vault um you now we've had recently we've had all the ga- um the gamma films We've had the Digermin films. We've had um, a few others come out that, you know, people in, you know, even people in Asian cinema loving circles, you know, some some pretty deep, the Digermin films in particular, pretty deep dive, yeah. I know the Gamma films were, certainly the those the Showa era Gamma films were available, but not terribly easy to get hold of. But Arrow have been putting them out, Um and now they have found a film again which i had heard of but has never been released on home video in the in 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 the west before um by uh noriaki Uesa, who is the director of most of those showa era gamma films um saying certainly the certainly the, the the giant monster and then all the kid friendly ones afterwards um which will lead us to a little bit of discussion in a minute. Um, It's called The Snake Girl and the Silver-Haired Witch, which I know trips off the tongue. Um, It's um, black and white. That might put people off. Um, It's kind of based on some manga by um, Kazuo Umezu. Um, One of them, The Snake Girl one, yes, he did write a three-part manga, and I think it was published as Reptilia by IDW a few years ago, but it's not really. It's just got the idea of a snake girl in it, and I I don't know what the other one that it's mashed up with, because it was like nowadays when you get review copies, they just send you an MKV file, and uh, you don't get necessarily access to all the extras. So I I wasn't able to read the booklet and find out about, about it as much as I'd like. Anyway, it's the story of a young girl called Sayuri, who... Uh, and, and, and I don't want to read my review out, but basically, she gets readopted by her birth parents after spending ten years in an orphanage. That's weird. We'll come back to that. <laughs> but she comes back the day she turns up. The maids had a heart attack and and died on the job. um And her father, as he's driving her from the orphanage to home, says, "You're going to meet your birth mother in a minute, but just." Take care, because she had an accident at the construction site near our house the other um, six months ago, and she can't remember anything before six months ago. Um, when she gets there, her mother sort of greets her, but calls her by a different name, and and the father sort of goes, "Oh no, 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 this is Sayuri, her daughter." Remember, yeah, yeah. And <coughs> he is an expert in in venom, animal venom. So he's got a Downstairs, there's a whole place full of scorpions and snakes and beasties and spiders, you know, beasties that can kill you with, with venom. Um, But she's a perky little character, this Sayuri, and none of this knocks her back at all. Not even when she hears loads of shuffling and weirdness going along around the place. Not even when the shuffling and weirdness turns out to be a sister she didn't know she had that's been living in the attic for two years because they don't want the dad to know that she's come home. Um, the, The backstory at this point is that she got a bit obsessed with snakes and threw one at the prettiest girl at school on a school trip, but the snake went back and bit her, and she'd gone a bit mad. She's been in a sanitarium, basically, for a number of years. Um uh, Zayuri though, sort of starts having these fantastic dreams, and they are channeling Hausu, right? It's in black and white, but it's those kind of both practical and camera effects that people were beginning to experiment So they're extremely surreal dreams, which makes her think that this sister is actually a snake girl. Yeah, that she's actually been turned into a snake. What she actually has is a skin condition. Or or, or, What what we kind of see initially is that she's got a skin condition and that she's got a really waxy um, face, her skin doesn't look quite right on her face, so there's there's something not right with her sister. And um, although Sayuri tries really hard to be nice, she's a fucking bitch. And um, she's terrible to Sayuri and wants her mother to make her move up into the attic and swap rooms. And she's just a horribly entitled little cowbag. That's just the beginning of the film. Halfway through, well, in the third act, a silverhead witch turns up... Um, Lots of truths are unfolded. Lots of things we thought we knew aren't actually true. Maybe some people very early on in the film have been upfront and honest about certain things. And a lot of this confusion could have been put to the side, but then it wouldn't have been a very long movie. Um, it's fucking amazing. Um, I really, really, really loved it. And I wasn't expecting to. I mean, when I when I said I'd review it, I just did it on the title and I was expecting one of these green snake type stories from China um, but actually what it's got more in common with um so so the director uh Noriyaki Yusa, quite often is is called like a director of children's films um you know because you know how the later Gamera films go right they <laughs> he's you know they've he is and and this is a very child led movie you know the lead character's ten years old, eleven years old um the other the protagonist the antagonist is is a similar age um lots of you know the cameras very much down at their level there's there's you you go into their minds and you hear what they're saying you see their dreams you know it's it's like that however. I would I would take issue with that, and I don't think it is a children's film at all. What I think it is, and this is going to be a deep dive for people of a certain age. I'm not even sure you're going to get the reference, Elwood. But um, what the, the man and you, the clue is from the manga itself. So there, um, it's a showed you manga, which is a manga aimed at teenage girls. So it doesn't necessarily mean it's a certain genre. It's just who the audience is. And what this reminded me of is um, Misty which was a girl, a UK girls comic in the late 70s, maybe early 80s. Um, so we used to have, we used to have comics like The Dandy and The Beano and Action and 2000 AD. Um, but we also had comics for girls and they were called ridiculous names as well. But there was one called Misty. And Misty basically had stories, ghost stories in it and, and stories of, really mean people at school they were quite adult um some of them were quite horrible just you wouldn't get it anywhere else i mean they're not like ec horror but um i mean you'll know about action which was the famous comic which got banned where misty had a sort of similar vibe to it but it's for girls and that's what this feels like it feels like a story from a misty comic from the 70s british so it's and and it's got that kind of hammer horror feel to it as well and it's 10 years before Houseu, but you can see if the director of Houseu hadn't seen this, he's a liar. Um, but they're all hidden. Yeah, it's just a fantastic movie. And it's just got this. And I, I, I don't want to say it's a kid's film. It's not a kid's film. And maybe the audience at the time was maybe teenage Japanese girls. Don't know. But don't let that put you off. Um, and just say, if it's come to the Arrow player, I really recommend it, mate. I think you'd um, get a right kick out of it. I know, um, friend of the show and you know fellow fellow um, member of the film club, Mister Brooks, probably wasn't quite as enamoured with it as I was. Um, yeah, I mean, he he he, yeah, yeah, he enjoyed it, um, but I think he had some issues. There is some special effects fails for everything that's fantastic. There's some dreadful stuff, and I think that really took him out of it. Um, he has also an issue with. There's a twist at the end which he takes issue with, which I don't really see it as a problem, but I'm I'm in the minority there. But yeah, just really good, and I just don't know where Arrow are finding these films. I mean, it's a film that has been spoken about. You know, it's like one of those. Oh, you can get a Japanese version of it, but there'll never be any subtitles. Yeah, and it'll only be a shitty VHS or something like that. So why it suddenly? Why Arrow are suddenly getting these movies and putting them out? I don't know. I don't. It's certainly, you know, it's certainly a completely different audience to the kaiju movies for sure, which they've been um, they've been feeding us. But you know, remember I talked about um, Black Test Car and Giants and Toys, and we've had all that. His movies as well coming out recently. Um, you've spotted some more I've seen in the list. And um, oh my god, um, just to tie it up. They're about to release a box set of the um, yokai films, including Mike's Great Yokai War. So that's a that's a box set of four with a MK1 in there. So films I'd never thought we'd see. It's it's a great time to be alive as a nation film fan in the UK. That's all I can say.
0: i Yeah, definitely. So um, Arrow really sort of putting a lot of content out there. Obviously, with the likes of Terracotta and Fair are also putting things out as well. Uh, the Arrow play in particularly, is really great place to obviously catch up on a lot of these. Titles, Especially if you don't have the space Although I have to say it's been a pretty barren month for us to in the UK I think we got uh, we got we got this film and we got Jumbo and then a lot of titles that we are getting So you might want to fight your VPN for that one Because uh, there's plenty of stuff being added. We've got things like Vamp being added um, This month, but um, yeah, suddenly not here in the
1: UK that's a shame. Self. But yes, definitely, 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 love it. And yeah, I'll um, I'll, my my, effusive review will be up on Eastern Kicks by the time this show comes out. But I'm I'm sure I'll, you can, if you follow us on social media, you'll see it. I think that's more than enough. I'm sure I filled up half an hour of the show already with what I watched. <laughs>
0: We're to find out about the projector now as we check out tonight's feature presentation, as we check out Sister Street Fighter. Okay, so tonight's feature presentation is surprisingly picked by Stephen. As its sister Street Fighter from 1974 uh, Following on from the first two Street Fighter movies featuring Sonny Chiba Who here was approached basically by the bosses over at um, Toho Toei even who were keen to sort of crash in on the craze of the first two movies and more in particular the female driven exploitation movies which were just at an all time high at this point and Chiba recommended his star pupil of his Japanese action club uh, Shishomi for the title role of the series and the studio originally had been pushing for Angela Mao but she wasn't available for filming and despite the fact that she has like no acting credits to her name I have to say that uh, I, I, I'm going to screw this up now, is it?
1: E, Etsuko Shihomi, but they called her. They called us. Um, they changed her name for English, didn't they called her um, Sushiomi. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so other people didn't have to stumble as well.
0: So, but yeah, she has no acting credits going into this this film. She's coming straight out of you know Chiba's action club. And she, she, at the same time, she just embraces this role of the she's Sister 19, Street Fighter. She
1: might even be 18 at this at this time. So, yeah. Um, she's pretty fucking remarkable.
0: <laughs> she is. And we have to also point out the fact that this has no relation whatsoever to, to uh, Chiba's Street Fighter movies whatsoever. It's its own entity. Yes, he's entirely. not playing
1: the same character. I mean, um, he's barely in it, but yeah. Which I think upset some people at the time.
0: I don't know really, because i' to say, when I when I saw this, I wasn't like thinking, "Oh wow, it's like, you know, where's Chiba in this?" I was just like really caught up in the idea of this sort of sister street fighter. But yeah, he um, plays a um, a martial artist called Hibiki, who's also an ex karate club captain, an ex racer, an ex bodyguard, and just a general he badass. Because this is what Shiba was doing yeah. at the time
1: I mean it's It's a, it's a weird it's... old film I don't, I don't know if we haven't really spoken about the plot yet Have we but it's not um, No yeah no. It's not So the reason I picked it is obviously because Sonny Shiba passed away Um. In this world A couple of weeks ago When this goes out Don't know how long so, And it just so happened I had, uh, had the box set Of the sister Street Fighter films sitting next to me and I thought oh that would be a nice way and then I realized he was barely in this film but never mind because I've also got this thing about bringing female martial artists to the show um and she's pretty amazing but I was thinking there aren't a lot of japanese martial arts films in this sense i mean this i mean and i know you'll talk about Sonny Chiba, obviously but um other than yeah. him and his movies, I can't, you know, there, there are a lot of, and when I say martial arts, I mean punching and kicking martial arts. You know, there's obviously lots of ninja films and samurai films and the like, but but nothing with this sort of, sort of based in Eastern mysticism kind of um, martial arts films. And so just yes, I found it really unusual when they started speaking Japanese <laughs> even though they set the first scene up in Hong Kong with one of the really the used that music <laughs> to say with Hong Kong. And then and then and then it's straight off to straight off to Japan. So yeah, it's kind of weird and, and it's got more of a almost like a I don't know, it's got a different kind of vibe to, to anything I'd have seen out to say out of Hong Kong or Taiwan at this time. I mean, it's the most seventies bloody film I've ever seen.
0: <laughs> it is a bit unusual. I mean, the fact that she is obviously dressed like any of the, you know, Shaw Brothers. Yeah, Starlets, I mean, she's in full.
1: The way that she in dresses is Hong Kong regalia. That's the the sort of the whole sort of pajama look, unlike anybody else in the movie. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, true. And, and the opening credits, you know, that they're like the opening credits or something like you know the the old british avengers not not when before you know Cathy gale era avengers just just her doing moves in front of four mirrors it's just it's it's just coming from such a different place to what i would have been useful used to in and around this time anyway carry on
0: (laughs) but um yeah i mean here she plays lee who is um Sent to sent to find her brother, who is an undercover agent who was kidnapped while infiltrating a drug ring. So she's uh, sent to go and find him, and along the way, he recruits um, Hibichi, who is obviously played by here played by Chiba. Who, it's funny when you look at Chiba's like tough guy roles because he's always got this like permanent scowl and he's looking like he's carved out wood, and then you see his later films and he's just like this respectable businessman type figure, and we see him, like, in Kill Bill, um, where he's uh, Tori Hanzo. And it's, like, such a complete change uh, to his compared to his, like, younger days, where like, uh, he was, like, permanent, he was, like, yeah. this hulking gorilla of a man. Um, although every time I think of Chiba, I just, my mind just always goes to that clip of um, Keanu Reeves on that uh, Japanese talk show, and he's, like, talking about how much he loves Sonny Chiba movies, and they bring Chiba out, and he's like so starstruck and he's like saying about all these things and Chiba's like got this look and he's like yeah I did (laughs) (laughs) it's like and he's just like he's just like clear animation he's like and I I just I I just can't help but feel that you know Chiba would have turned up in one of the John Wick movies at some point that you know Keanu would have found some way because he seems very keen on like bringing in a lot of his people he sort of respects some like genre artists. I mean, we obviously saw Mark Dekos in the previous one. Mm. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me if he obviously like pushes and brings someone like Chiba into the fold. just somehow he'd work Chiba in there somewhere. Um, because this is a basically with the thing with the John Wick movie, it's just basically Keanu Reeves getting to be you know, kung fu fanboy
1: yeah they they're they're really interesting movies and obviously now they've they've got a a pseudo universe going on with uh, with uh the bob Odenkirk film nobody uh, by the same people which they're 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 trying to get some kind of crossover going but um yeah it's obviously it's made um it's funny i i didn't i didn't get i didn't see it until the second film so I didn't I didn't see John Wick until John Wick 2, and then I saw it, and then, you know, they're, they're, they're kind of samey, but also hugely enjoyable. And,
0: <laughs> yeah, it just came out of nowhere, yeah. really, John Wick did, because I think it was like in that, that direct-to-video period that Keanu was having, when he was like, you know, Generation Um, and those, these sort of weird indie movies, and then he makes his film and it's like the guest it's well I yeah I mean no obviously
1: way. he was in the remake of 47 Ronin and he made was it Master of Tai Chi with uh, you yes know, he, so he did he's, he's obviously had an interest in Asian film for a long time um, but his career has been restarted by John Wick I would say um, and enabled him to do this kind of stuff
0: now, Lee's first villain that she goes up against is uh, Kakazuki, who is an interesting character to the least, who not only enjoys experimenting on running drug experiments on prisons, but also has considerable wealth to build this drug uh, empire, as well as assembling, you know, in, in true, you know, Shaw Brothers style has got this impressive collection when of fighters.
1: Rich, some rich men collect cars or... Oh, I forgot what well, the other thing he says. They collect. I collect fighters. <laughs> He's just got the round and swimming. <laughs> I've just the master. Some some Australian bird uh, who I imagine is famous. I imagine she's a legitimate kung fu person. I don't know. Yeah. Oh,
0: Eva Parish. This is the karate champion yeah. of Australia. Is she a real <laughs> thing? Unfortunately, they, I didn't look that but
1: I assume there's people screaming at their iPods now saying, you idiot, she was a huge person at this time. And um, and seven little Thai girls in togas <laughs> apparently good at... Oh, That's the Amazon 7? Um, kickboxing. Because we have these on-screen graphics telling us what they're good at. We don't meet half of them ever again. Yeah. But yeah, he just collects them. Yeah, he just as as you do that's um, what i would do if i win the lottery i would i'm going to collect people Yeah, yeah. collect
0: fighters <laughs> um you haven't even mentioned the the zulu warrior guy who runs around with a blowed up pipe don't, we don't and a meet zulu him to
1: do we, until he takes out one of the characters and a budgie for some reason <laughs> 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 yeah that's it's, it's kind of weird. I know you know, the, the word Street Fighter means something else to us or people of our age. It means the computer game. Or it's certainly Street Fighter 2, something like that. It's got nothing to do with that. On the other hand, this film <laughs> it has got a collection of people from all over the world with a bunch of different martial arts skills who... Will fight one of the girls, but um, you know you could see you could you do wonder if um, the idea of that game came from this, you know. I'm sure there's a there's another official story why, but uh, yeah. I also there's a little bit that happens before this as well. So she gets off. She, she she's we meet her in Hong Kong. 20 minutes later, she's in um in Japan. She meets up with some people. She gets basically sexually harassed at a bar. She kicks the shit out of them and you just think, yay, girl power, right? 1974, Japan, yeah. how, how really progressive of them. Next scene, they go to a titty bar. <laughs> it's it's yeah. like, oh, maybe not. <laughs>
0: yeah, the, the script and acting is pretty <laughs> appalling in this movie. But at the same time, the sheer randomness of this film, and it just makes it so fun. Like there's a bunch of goons who wear wicker the, baskets, and, and, on their and head. every
1: time they get into a fight, the first thing you have to do is take them off. <laughs> you think, why did you bother with them? <laughs>
0: um, there's also a head that gets twisted a full 180. Yes,
1: yes, and and then he walks down the stairs. <laughs>
0: um, we also have the wonderful power of teleport, Foo where there's a fight scene where she uh, leaps at someone, then they're suddenly on a bridge, then they're on a cliffside, and they just keep changing location like they d- didn't have like a filming permit, so they had to keep moving there's the some, fight there's
1: some weird continuity stuff there's another bit, you know the bit in the um, near the end where she sort of starts taking people on down a corridor and there's like, the, the, oh it's your basket headed man, that's exactly who it is, so she beats a couple of them up, one of them hurts her leg and then basically, you you see her. She's knocked a couple of them down, and then you see some men behind her, like they're going to take her out. And then it moves on to the next guy, the guy who is um throws metal darts, and and all the seven basket-headed guys are all on the floor. And you think, well, when did that happen? That that literally that's gone from them being in the shot to being down. There's there's a lot of yeah, it just seems a bit slapdash. Maybe they lost some of the camera work, some some of the film somewhere, mate. I don't know. It's um.
0: Well, I mean, we got that, and we've also got one of the world's most unconvincing dummy drops <laughs> yes, ever. It's
1: tri- dreadful as well.
0: Um, we've got oh, we got the rape scene as well, where he um the villain has one of his portly minions uh raped the daughter of uh, one of his enemies because of course. Yeah, yeah,
1: that's preceded by so the other, I guess the other girl in this, what's her name? Um, Is that Emmy? I can't remember their names. Yeah, Yeah, yes, the other girl in it sort of introduces her, says, Oh, by the way, I know kung fu too. Pretty much what she says. Um, I was nearly raped four years ago, and then I was taught it to protect myself. And it's like, and then she laughs. <laughs> Lee la- literally <laughs>, laughs. Like, oh, God, I don't know. <laughs> Isn't that funny? And, no, it's not. <laughs> it's like the really random. Yeah, the, the acting and the editing and the plot of this movie are risible. The good news is the character work, and especially. Um, our lead actress, um, Etsuko, uh, Etsuka, I think is what we pronounce, uh, are fucking amazing, <laughs> and you just forgive it, you just forgive it all its flaws. I don't. I'm gonna be honest with you. I didn't even understand the plot. I've watched it twice now. I'm not. I'm.
0: There's I'm a not... there's a whole subplot about smuggling yes, drugs in wings. Yeah,
1: exactly. Although. As I understand it, the other two... So, there's there's four films in total, but only three of them are part of the trilogy. The fourth film is made by different people.
0: Yeah, that's right.
1: In the next film, they smuggle drugs in, in prostitutes' bottoms. It's the same yeah. film. In, uh, it's a different, they a they... different relative where she goes to Japan and the people... Instead of hiding drugs in wigs, they hide it in... Um, in, in
0: the, yeah, the ass it, implants exactly. of uh, so it prostitutes
1: gets, it gets worse. Yeah, there's just so much weird stuff. But I didn't know who worked for who. I didn't know who the good guys and the bad guys were. I didn't know who was related to who. <laughs> I wasn't.
0: If they look out of place, then they're <laughs> likely a bad guy. If they like a Zulu warrior yeah. randomly telling us, um,
1: I mean, I didn't get them to do any of this stuff? And and like the final fight is pretty freaking awful as well. I think, like you say, they sort of. They don't even look like they're there. Don't you think it looks like a CSO job, like from Doctor Who from 1974? There's there's something (laughs) weird about it. But it's just got this wonderful charm and the earnestness of which Etsuko Etsuko plays her character. And and her obvious skill, even though the editing doesn't always do her any (laughs) favours.
0: No but I mean she I love the fact that she's got This real sort of innocent look And at the same time she's there bashing A guy in the head with a, with a Nunchuck or driving a sigh through his head Or something like that so she's got this Real sweet demeanor but a real Badass side to her which it, she can really Handle herself And suddenly, when you get into the later movies it 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 just gets to still, I mean, she goes up against a group of guys who, you see the obligatory training montage and he's there, like, lifting hot ashes uh, with his hands to the to the music of um, Light like on mm-hmm. Bowl Mountains so that, uh Oh, that da, one, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah.
1: Uh, I mean, it's still like, wow, well, we could do this more we dramatic,
0: can we? It's also, it- but no uh, yeah, I think I think that if you enjoyed this one, then
1: you <laughs> love the second one. Especially. It's also incredibly gory. It, you know, things like there's a, there's a there's a there's a weird woman. So so again, you know, all that work they did with women's lib in the first ten minutes. Well, that all gets weird because another, another another person on the bad guys' payroll is the whipping woman. <laughs> whose yes. job it is just to whip people fairly ineffectually, <laughs> but she gets she gets knocked onto some crystal. nails. i don't really know how to explain them. Steak, crystal stakes, and you and you don't get any. You know, you see it and you think, "Oh yeah, that's pretty um pretty graphic for the time." I'm trying to think. There's some other bits as well, but yeah, birds. Yeah, birds get killed which is the sort of thing we're just not used to
0: yeah that's the problem with uh, a lot of
1: lovely sort of
0: like you know animal cruelty Ooh. rape jokes are all pretty so sort of, common at this period um the same way that you get a lot of exploitation style violence so as we said already you get like skies driven from heads and any sort of um how can I put this political correctness is generally out I mean the it window. is
1: 19 19- it's it all is 1974, the and it is Japan, which for so Japan, it was probably 1924 in the way that they're approaching their you know their access to to modern the modern world. But it it does, yeah, it does rankle a little bit. But we just you know we we accept it and think, isn't it nice that the world's a better place now? And kind of you know, still got a long way to run, but. Let's just be happy. There is a there, there's a series of films with the lead actress, and she doesn't get her norks out. No, that which is a, again another another great thing. <laughs> the, 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 the girl with. <laughs> I just I was just looking this up on Wikipedia. It doesn't say this on my version, but I see that the 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 girl who is a stripper at this gentleman's club. Um, she's Chinese. She's called Fan Shin. They call her Fanny Singer in the dub. <laughs> <laughs> nice. It's just. on the nose. <laughs> the names. the names in the English translation. I think this is from the dub. are just hilarious. Oh, like, Emmy gets called Emmy Kawasaki. <laughs> I guess it's one of the few Japanese words <laughs> anybody knew. <laughs> Probably. Um, Sonny Cheeba's character called Shinichi Cheeba. <laughs> 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 oh, oh I don't, I don't, I just hate I hate it. I hate it, hating it. it. sounds like I'm dumping on it, and I'm not dumping on it. I fucking love it. <laughs> just...
0: I'm glad that you made you... <laughs> it. Enjoyed it.
1: It's a unique one. It smells a bit like Ninja Scroll in that way, you know, like I talked about Ninja Scroll being like the X Men, but but in feudal Japan. I think this is, this is this has got a similar sort of vibe. And I didn't know. I thought it feels like a spy film at sometimes. Yeah it it, yeah, it it feels like a, some kind of weird martial arts superhero film in other aspects it's, you know, it's got all those terrible things, all those things that we've had to defend ourselves against, you know, when people say, this film's got terrible dubbing, or terrible editing, or terrible, you know, we could easily do a takedown of it. But, it's got something. It's got, it's got, it's got more going for it. It's better than the sum of its parts, that's for sure. But, my God, the acting... (laughs)
0: Yeah, it's. Well, if you enjoy it, you get to another three films in the series to go. Not as daft as each other, and you can also check out the Sony Cheaper original trilogy as well, which is also a lot of fun. Uh, Most memorable, I think, it's most notable because it obviously appears in True Romance, where um, Clarence goes to see. A Kung Fu Triple B feature where it's uh Street Fighter, Street Fighters Returns and uh Sister's Street Fighter. Instead of uh, Street Fighter's Last Revenge, but uh but yeah, I I as I said there's something weirdly enjoyable about this film. Like it still can't still can't place why I love it so much.
1: Yeah, despite it, despite it so.
0: uh, <sighs> Yeah. Exactly. But um, yeah. I if you like exploitation so I'd definitely worth checking this one out. So, uh,
1: no, I think, think that's want to bring enough. Up enough? It's, it's again, you know, it's, it's easily available. Um, is it Arrow again? Is it on the Arrow Player? I'm sure it is.
0: This one is on the Arrow Player. Yes, the whole, um, all of them are on right. the Arrow Player. And so on, you can check it a nice out on little
1: there. DVD Blu-ray set as well if you if you're really into it,
0: but. Um, because I bought this on the original, uh, I want to say the Region 1 release when this originally came out. It's the the set of four. I imported this, uh, this over, so. But Excellent. yeah, it's good. What next? We are going to look at um, another unique film. As it's a film directed by a woman. And it's a Japanese film. As uh, so we're going to check out *Hell Skelter* from 2012. Fantastic. Um, because there aren't there aren't a lot of Japanese female directors. are not a lot of female directors in in Asian Sim uh, as a whole, really. So I think we should we should celebrate some female talent.
1: Other, other than Anne Hui, now that's fantastic, and I, I tell, I tell, so it's very interesting. You should bring that up. So I was on. Like I said, I think it's come out, but it'll it be out by the time this yeah. is out. I was on um, the Eastern Kicks podcast talking about Tale of Two Sisters yeah. and I was waxing lyrical how I think it's one of the most beautiful films, Asian films, ever ever put out. And, and we had a little debate. James will sort of challenge me on this, as is is one. And he brought up Helter Skelter as, what about Helter Skelter, <laughs> as, as a great looking film. And um, yeah, he's right. So yeah, it'd be really interesting to look at that. Good, good call. So that's And then I'll try I'll try and find out some other Japanese film director Willady. Well but I mean you've I think got right.
0: I'm just working it I don't know you obviously said uh Anne Hugh. Um you got the director of um The Farewell.
1: Yeah. Well although she's really American, isn't she? Um there, there are there are, there are a couple. So there are a couple in in China and in Hong Kong it's Japan in particular though I'm really struggling with interestingly in Hong Kong cinema a lot of actresses go on to become producers rather than directors yeah. um, probably because they saved the money up or they went and married a rich You know, that's just the way it works unfortunately that they end up marrying rich businessmen who take them off the film market but then they yeah, that's their access into the film industry. So quite quite a few end up as producers. Um, the girl from um, again this isn't Japan, but the girl from Shaolin Soccer. Um, what was her name? Xiaowei, Wei is Zhao Wei from Shaolin Soccer. She um she's she's directed a film. So yeah, okay. am um, very good at it too. Um, but that's again very unusual. Very <laughs> unusual, especially in the. You know, in 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 the in the main market stuff, obviously, you'll find people in the indie scene. But yeah, in the main market, very very unusual. Right, great choice, mate. Great. So choice. that's
0: obviously coming up on our next episode, and we will have a look at uh, female directors in Asian cinema as well. Let's see part of that. But um, if you haven't done it already, please do hit the like and subscribe button. Wherever you happen to listen to us, maybe leave us a review. Let us know what you think of the show. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, and in Facebook group in particular is a real great uh, place to hang out. We post uh, new things pretty much every day, uh, so there's always something to read. And we cross-blog with uh, other platforms as well, so that uh, we you know we can highlight more cinema that's out there and more interesting pieces. So. But uh, if you to do as well, you can also check out full archive of episodes on our blog, which is AsianCinemaFilmClub.wordpress.com And on there as well, we've got the mixtape, we've got the Film Vault, we've got the Anime Vault, we've got the Dark Side of Asian Cinema. There is plenty to uh, check out on there as well, including our chapter-by-chapter chapter breakdown of Battle Royale. But um, until next time, thank you as always for listening, and we will be back very soon to talk about Helter Skelter. But until then...
1: Good night.
0: Hey. 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 Kinou hey! hey!
1: だって